0: Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. What is the definition of manners? The Oxford Dictionary says a way in which a thing is done or happens. A second definition is a person's outward bearing or way of behaving toward others. Well, who's supposed to teach us our manners? Typically, our parents'. What if you were never taught which fork to use first, or to shake someone's hand when first meeting, hold the door for the person behind you, sit up straight in an interview? The list goes on and on. Have you ever thought of going to etiquette school? My guest, Christy Spencer, is a certified etiquette consultant, trainer, and graduate of the Emily Post Institute. She started The Polite Company, and she's going to explain the difference between rules and principles in trying to establish meaningful relationships in our life, and to be confident wherever we go. We all need a little help now and again. Some may find that they need help building their confidence in social or business settings. What do I say? What don't I say? Should I be overconfident in a job interview? Do I bring a gift? Don't bring a gift. Can I re-gift a gift? And more. (laughs) And who inspired Christy to help others move forward confidently in life? Well, I guess we're going to find out. Hi, Christy Spencer. Welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Uh, It's funny. And and We had a bit of a technical mishap trying to get this interview going, and and both Christy and myself were laughing because she's the etiquette expert. (laughs) And, you know, no matter how much you prepare for things, we are human. We're using technology, and sometimes, you know, we just don't get it right. But the first thing she did was apologize, which is, like, just, you know, what you do. You respect one another. I think this is fascinating that you're doing this. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household where my family had lived overseas for a number of years and our table settings and our dinners were pretty elaborate, yet casual, but always incorporated beauty, you know, and they, they lingered. And to this day, our, the meals in our family and, and other things in life are full of beauty and respect. And I'm not talking about, and I always overemphasize this, I think, you don't have to spend a lot of money to make things pleasing to the eye. And that's something that my parents instilled, especially our mom, in us. And it can be really easy, and you don't have to have a lot of money to learn how to meet and greet people and handle yourself. So this is going to be a really great conversation. Let's start off with your mom's name.
1: My mom's name is Carla.
0: Okay. And where did Carla grow up?
1: Uh we uh, both grew up initially in Kansas in a very very small town on a farm, and um, it's amazing those Midwest manners that that we learned. Um, even being you know on a farm, and you would think you know nothing was was could be very fancy about that, but there always was something about our dinners where we first of all always ate together. We always had a napkin in our lap. We always used the right utensils. There were no TV TVs on and, of course, no cell phones back then. But we always connected at dinner time as a family.
0: It's sad to me that families don't do family dinners every night. It, it's society. Is it a generational thing? Do you think we'll ever go back to that? I don't know. But it. I think it's something that really helps not only the kids, but the parents to bond and and be healthier and, and more confident?
1: I think it's one of the most important things that parents can give their children. There's so many studies that talk about the um, psychological benefits and the physical benefits of eating as a family and so that's one thing you know let's let's eat together let's have that time let's learn patience let's learn consideration let's learn being with others and the art of conversation but let's also unplug for those times so turn the TV off put the cell phones away and I can guarantee you as long as parents really try to spur that conversation with their kids, their kids will be the ones asking to have that time together without phones, and just make it an expectation.
0: Yeah, let's. That's what I'm hoping for. Twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> twenty twenty three. Let's bring the family back together. You know, um, and those dinners and just disconnecting from from everything outside of what's happening right there at that dinner table. That would be fantastic. So tell us first, Emily Post, she wrote her first book in 1922?
1: She did. She wrote her first book in 1922. Uh, she was 50 years old at that time, and she was a divorced mother of two. And I think people find that surprising. That was very unusual in 1922. Uh, she had written other books, but this was her first book about etiquette and one thing that really made it accessible to people was that she was kind of the first person to say that etiquette has nothing to do with your last name it has nothing to do with where you're from it has nothing to do with how much money that you have and so it has everything to do with how you treat other people and learning manners and using etiquette costs zero dollars And I think that that was really what set her apart.
0: The school is still up and running, isn't it? It's multi-generational now. It's great.
1: And they just came out with a new book, uh, the 100th Centennial version of Emily Post Etiquette, where they've completely rewritten the book from 1922. updated with with all you know sorts of situations and of course cell phones and technology and so it's really fun to look at how things have changed.
0: Was it your mom's upbringing that then generationally she passed it down to you about the significance of behavior and the napkin in the lap and all that at dinner where did she learn it?
1: I think that our families Always, regardless of how much money we had or what was on the table, we always placed such significance on family meals and treating each other with respect. There was just absolutely uh, no question that, you know, we said yes and please and thank you and, and all of those things. But our my mother modeled that for me. So it was easy to learn, but it wasn't until... I wasn't living with her, that I understood how different things could be, you know, in other situations. Is she from a large family? We're all from families of two. Uh, As as many um, family members as we have, we've always had two children each, so not a big family at all. And I think that was one of the reasons that it was so close, but, you know, we would have dinners weekly with our grandparents and, you know, nightly with our parents.
0: And was your mom a working mother? Or was she always home cooking and fixing clothing and maintaining food on the table? Or what was her general lifestyle when you were growing
1: up? She did all of the above. So we lived in a farming community for the first 15 years of my life. And then things changed dramatically. And we moved from a small town in Kansas to Tokyo, Japan, uh, because of my dad's job. And um, so that that changed things so much. Um, But through that, my mother always worked. She always had not only food on the table, but dessert was typically made as well. And a lot of times there weren't just us at the table, but she would you know, welcome anybody in to, to be with us as well.
0: What work did she do when you moved overseas?
1: My mother worked for the department of uh, commerce and then she worked um, for an ambassador at one point in time and planned the parties uh, for the ambassador's house and for the embassy. And I think a lot of that, you know, um, transferred to me but um, my parents lived um, in several different countries Peru and Paraguay and uh, Nairobi or Kenya and Sweden so um you know the the experience for them was really vast and um but yeah my mom was always working at least you know at home and a job as well
0: and you went to school. You were you were born because you said you left Kansas to, to travel, right, to move with yes, your family. Yes, yes. So you so, experienced all these different countries and all these different languages. Or were you in American schools?
1: I was in an American school while we were in Japan, but it was probably about 70% um, Japanese still. But it was an English-speaking school. And, um, you know, we had so many times that we were able to you know, meet people who, you know, were from there. And um, it was just such a, a, such different culture in Japan. And then um, I was in college by the time they moved to Peru, but I would go uh, there for vacation and on breaks. And again, just a completely, you know, um, different experience than we had in Japan or in America.
0: Do you embrace this experience your this background cuz some people if their family was in the military they're like oh my god I moved every minute I could did had no friends did you embrace this or was it hard for you as a as a kid
1: I think initially it was difficult because you go to a country and you immediately look at things that are different that you're not ex- you know, you're not used to, and they don't seem right, and um, you don't appreciate it. But then, you know, a few years into it, you start looking and you're saying, well, you know what, this is different than we have in America, but actually it might be a little bit better system of X, Y, or or Z. And so you really did have to have, you know, learn that appreciation for it. But I am more appreciative now than I was as a as a teenager who Absolutely. was having to, to uproot. But um so thankful for that experience and being able to experience other cultures. Um I don't think many people, you know, in my community in Kansas probably got that opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Wow, it's great and of and I think you know as a as a young teen or a child it, it is difficult. I mean, I can't even imagine going to Japan not speaking the language and not even be able to to read anything and it I um, can be overwhelming, but um, it's so exciting <laughs> you know at least on paper. <laughs> but you know, there's challenges everywhere, right?
1: Yeah. It was absolutely exciting and sometimes scary and, you know, definitely educational. And, you know, I've I've hoped that I've been able to bring a little bit of that to my own motherhood experience and trying to educate my boys about different cultures and different people. And, you know, having that respect that we need to have for others
0: you mentioned your mom is your inspiration you said when you wrote to me she always knows what to say when meeting somebody or what to bring when visiting somebody tell us a little bit more about her personality if you don't mind
1: so you know what i appreciate about my mom is when we would have people over we'd be entertaining uh, it would look like she just kind of waved a magic wand and the the table was set and the food was perfect. And I feel like when I'm doing it, you know, it, it could be I'm, you know, setting fires and trying to put them out with, with guests there. Um, I just, I really wish I had the composure and the the grace that she does to make everything not only be perfect, but look perfect and look easy as well.
0: Just some people have that nature, that calm nature. But I love her job planning parties for embassy people. That sounds like a dream job, right? You just get a credit card and say, ooh, (laughs) what are we going to do? I mean, (laughs) someone's probably watching the bottom line somewhere, but that sounds magical. Wow, that's great. Would she come over to your house and start correcting your your children while they're at the table or having a meal? Um, Or would she only specifically do it at her house? I'm sure she did it very well. However, she was instilling some sort of lesson. But is that your domain or her domain?
1: The thing about my mom is she never had to say it. We learned it by watching her. And so I can remember I, there was one family event a wedding that we were going to and you know we were just um kids on a farm and it we went into kind of boot camp mode with my mom because it was you use the table manners and you didn't say the word ain't above anything and you know we were we were prepped for this wedding and I think ever since then she kind of thought well we should probably keep this up and you know we should impress upon them but more than anything, she just acted that way. But there is no, you know, finger wagging and um, telling the do's and don'ts uh, from grandma. That is just um, what I choose to what I choose to do with my boys.
0: Right. So you don't smack the hand when someone reaches <laughs> <No>. a
1: girl. <laughs> they get a really dirty look. Yeah, <laughs> a really dirty look. But uh, yeah, we try try not to. S- to uh, have bodily contact
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want that last role <laughs> right. especially with boys I have two boys <laughs> lots of food in the house yes oh my gosh it's just, I can just visualize sitting around the table but it's not only about table manners that you help people tell us a little bit about in the business workplace or you know outside of the home how did these manners come to be your savior or one savior
1: I think there are some rules that we need to know, but honestly, there's not a lot of them. And when you come down to anything and you don't know what the right thing to do is, you forget about the rule and you think about how can I build this relationship? How can I fix whatever wrong or figure out what to do, um, but I'm gonna build a relationship, whether that's having difficult conversations with people or learning how we're going to express gratitude for other people and and in a business and treat customers, all of this comes back to really understanding how we affect a situation and how we can positively affect a situation if we choose a path that we are focusing on our relationships with people.
0: I assume your mom is still with us because you've referred to. Okay, so you're very lucky. (laughs) That's so nice. Give her a hug from me. Yeah. Do you ever call your mom for advice today still about etiquette things or social issues?
1: Yes, especially. I think that she's my safe haven because I think the expectation is that I know it at this point. (laughs) And so... (laughs)
0: Does she say something now? Christy, what have I taught you all these years?
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But I'm I'm also so lucky because I lived apart from my parents for decades. And um, they were on another continent. And, you know, this, again, was before cell phones. We didn't have that contact. I mean, you really had to plan out your contact. And now my parents live 30 seconds away from me. So they have moved to... um not only the United States, but um, they moved from their hometown in Kansas so that they could be closer to me. And um, so not only are there, there lots of calls, there's lots of just dropping by mm-hmm. and um, you know, having wine on the porch. Oh, and that's great. Yapping and yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's nice when your mom can turn into your best friend. Yeah. And that's what I have
0: well you're very very lucky because not everybody does have that and then how do you learn say you're not best friends with your mom how do you approach that topic like oh it's just showing up out of the blue dropping by but if you need your privacy or you are you know involved with your you know how do you handle that topic
1: I think that you know we do we do draw boundaries. Um, we knock before going into each other's houses, but um, I think that you know we all have to draw those boundaries occasionally, and that's a healthy thing to do. And I think that if you can have polite and direct conversations with other people, I think too often we think we have to go on the defensive, or we're going to be met with you know. Um, So much friction that I I think people just give it a chance, you know, just give civility a chance and give an open, honest conversation a chance. And I think that we just we jump to the extreme so quickly
0: Right. So you could you say something like, Oh gosh, next could you just text me next time before you're coming over? Or right. or give me a call or and like you said, I think we do we get like our back up against the wall All of a sudden we get so overwhelmed or flabbergasted maybe by some people's behavior that we may lunge <laughs> instead of gently mentioning what our preferences are.
1: I think that sometimes we, you know, think being polite means being a yes person or a doormat. And it it doesn't really mean that. It just means being able to express yourself politely and not causing offense when you do have to deal with a situation.
0: That's a great point. Too often, many people in this world are too nice. We feel that we always have to be open and accepting of everything, regardless of what's best for both parties.
1: Yes, and I, it, it is drawing those boundaries. I, I particularly like teaching women um, etiquette because I think that learning how to say no politely and declining invitations and really what it takes to um, make a great first impression, those are all re- such important things that especially women, I think, need to focus on.
0: Do you recall a recent time you reached out to your mom for help? Do you recall some advice that she gave you?
1: Oh, it, it happens so often, but, you know, I will, um, you know, if we're having a, a a discussion about another family member and, you know, I'll say, well, have you, have you talked to them about this issue? She inevitably has. She knows everything. She has all the inside information of what everyone is thinking. <laughs> and she has this ability to really see things from both sides, but she can also be D- not offering her opinion as quickly as you might want to. And that's one thing as a mother I want to do because I'm often, you know, it's it's in my mind and it's out of my mouth before I think about it. And I think that the, the way that she reasons and she thinks about things and she's selective and um, not everyone has to know every single thing ab- about everyone else. I, I appreciate that about her.
0: That's actually a great tip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's honoring the other party's confidence, right? I mean, I'm the youngest of seven kids, six girls and one boy. So the amount of time that we spend on the phone together <laughs> and um, sometimes, you know, we probably um, share things that could have been, you know, said in confidence and all that and then it can get really complicated. But it's always with with good intention, you know. Um right,
1: and that's and that's family, though, you know? And I yeah. think that if if no if anyone's going to give you, you know, some latitude and um some grace, hopefully it is our family that is providing that for us
0: an honest feedback, I think, is the most important instead of letting you just continue down a road that isn't not only practical, ethical, it's just not the best direction to go in or how to handle yourself,
1: yeah. We all need that you know, person on our shoulder who's telling us the the right things to do.
0: Oh my gosh, Carla, your mom sounds wonderful. <laughs> really grounded. She is. She sounds very grounded. Yes. Well, I guess you have to be satisfied with your life. If you are satisfied and happy with your life and who you are and not erratic and emotional and there's something to be said for all of that.
1: Yes, and that probably is One of the qualities I definitely did get from my mother was, was, you know, the um, benefit of, of having that even keel and not overreacting or, or, or being, um, not that I'm not passionate about things and I, everyone can get worked up, but to really be able to step back and not just act without thinking, um, but just taking some time to consider our actions, which you know is something that I teach people as well.
0: Your company is called The Polite Company and your website is thepolitecompany.com. Do you offer virtual classes now during this post-COVID, COVID era?
1: Yes, and COVID has given us so much etiquette to talk about, but yes, so I do in-person and virtual classes.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about what kind of students do you have?
1: I um, have a lot of college students who, which is amazing because you would think that these would be the kids who would be pretty resistant, but they are so hungry for the confidence that comes with knowing what fork to use and knowing what to you know, say in a job interview and, um, you know, and I enjoy, you know, teaching them how to write a thank you note because that is so important. And, um, so i love teaching college students and I teach businesses as well. And I do like to teach, um, entrepreneurial women who are starting a business and maybe they're a little bit, um, not as confident in their networking skills or their first impression skills or making small talk. Um, So all those kinds of things. I think, um, you know, as as far as an ideal uh, client, it's somebody who's willing to learn and to understand that etiquette really kind of be transformational. And um, I see the world differently now than I saw it before I decided to do this for a living.
0: In a good light or a bad light?
1: In a good light. Um, People will say, oh, don't you, everyone's so rude these days. Don't you just, you know, there's so much work you have to do. And I say, you know what? I don't see it. So when when you're at Walmart and you see the person, you know, that has a scowl on their face and they're being rude, I see the person behind them you know, that's patiently waiting and has a smile on their face. Um, I see I daily I'm amazed by how kind people are and how generous they are. And I see the doors opening, you know, for other people. And I, I It was a journalist uh, for 25 years. Um, we did not concentrate on the positive things in life. And I got to a point where I knew I had to do that. I had to make a change and I could not. Continue to um, dwell in, in you know television news, and so I had to um, I had to change, and it's been just you know the change was definitely life changing.
0: That's so great because it's some mm-hmm. towards something positive, and you're helping others. I I'm I love the fact that these college kids are are, are looking for this advice and help. They obviously think it will help them. The fact that in movies they often show the boyfriend coming over to meet the parents for the first time or sitting down in the restaurant for the first time and they don't know what fork to use. And it has been celebrities and and athletes, they'll talk about going to dinner at the White House and they don't know what fork to use first.
1: You know? Or they're serving McDonald's hamburgers. Right?
0: Or yeah, You know, <laughs> what it can, can. And again, it's not just at a meal, right? It, there's so many times when oh. just that little knowledge could help and could go in, in such a long way, you know?
1: Yeah, and a lot of these students are first t- first generation college students or minority students. And I, I just feel so lucky to even be part of, you know, their um, journey in yeah. some way. And I always, I say, you know, when you get that job interview, uh, I you better be texting me and asking me any questions that you have. And I love it when they reach back out, you know, through social media or something, and, and they share a question, or um, you know, they have a concern, or they wanted to know a little bit more about what I said. And that's just I guess that's part of being a mother, you know. I Absolutely, mean, I wanna, I wanna a mother
0: for so many. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, once you mentioned use the word etiquette, not socioeconomically, regionally, generationally, not everybody can go or think they can't go to an etiquette school, right? It's out of my reach. How am I going to do that? So I love that you are able to help others. That's pretty great.
1: Yeah, it's um, kind of a, a dream come true for me. So.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say like being a kindergarten teacher, we are the first one that really makes an impact in their life. But you might just be up there with another one of their great teachers or their only great teacher.
1: Yeah, and I've had I've had women my age say, I can't believe I waited until I was, you know, fifty years old to go to my first etiquette class. Um, which is kinda of why I feel a kinship with Emily Post too, is cause you know, here we are at fifty, uh decided to change things and do something different and um life wasn't always perfect but it was always good and now just trying to make it a little bit easier for others
0: and we're never too old to learn new tricks as they say
1: right. <laughs> and, and it I mean really it just can't um, I don't I don't remember having a passion for journalism you know for a long time like mm-hmm. I have a passion for this
0: so That's pretty great oh you're so lucky Christy Spencer It's an absolute pleasure to talk about this. And it's really so great because you can help so many people. Just those little tweaks, right, in life can set somebody on a great trajectory. That's what I love.
1: Yes, I love doing it. Thank you.
0: Christy Spencer. And we will be back next week with another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother.